You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, welcome to Comeback City, where we explore Detroit's past, present, and future. Today, we are talking about Hart Plaza and the man behind Hart Plaza. That's right. Bill Hart. Um, this episode is brought to you by Spectacular Strolls. Spectacular Strolls offers 15 historic walks in Detroit. Each walk is a self-guided 20-minute tour. Visit SpectacularStrolls.com to order your next Detroit history adventure. I'm Linda Shepard, and with me today is my co-host, Ed Brohard. Ed. Hi, Hi Linda. How you doing? I'm good. I got a. I'm working on a really bad fall cold, but other than that, I'm. It's just giving you a cool, deep voice. Yeah, yeah, very sexy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So um, we're talking about Hart Plaza today. Yeah, and that's something that's uh, been very interesting to me because I remember when it was built. I do I, too. I really followed it, you know. And it was pretty exciting in it in a time before Comeback City. Yes, absolutely. And in in a way, it was almost like kind of an oasis. You know, this new building downtown. Oh, it was yeah. the only thing going down right. there. It seemed like everything else they were just tearing it down or I letting know. it. Uh, you know, being neglected. It but was a rough time. It was a rough time. And so there was some very exciting things that, that happened as a result of building that. Uh, you're right. Um, I think, you know, it's had a few problems. Mm-hmm. I know I was down there uh, last Wednesday during the day, and um, I was kind of surprised. It was completely deserted. Deserted, yeah, yeah. And I think this is one of the problems with it. I mean, I think it's a great party place for the jazz festival and all these cool different music events and things like that. But, and it, you know, I mean, it has so much potential. I think the, the public art that is in Hart Plaza is spectacular and amazing, but it was deserted. It was a little intimidating how quiet and deserted it was. Kind of eerie, you know, like the deserted village. (laughs) Yeah, like a spooky movie or something like that. And, you know, I noticed, you know, it kind of is showing some wear and tear. Yes, that's – many people have commented on that and you can see it. I mean – uh, nothing's really been done to it, and you know it's all this stone, but that kind of falls apart, and it is. It's parts of it are crumbling. So I it, know, and it's just kind of this huge, enormous expanse of cement, and right? Brick. Well, we're not the only ones noticing that because it's gotten a lot of publicity, or there's a lot of press on what are we going to do with Hart Plaza. And it's not just hand-wringing. Some of, some of it is saying, well, okay, in the next natural evolution of things, this may be a great opportunity to rethink this space. Well, if they're talking about location, 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 it has everything. Yeah, yeah. It is at the foot of Woodward Avenue, which is basically Detroit's Main Street. Yes. Uh, it's on the river. It's on the river. It's, you know, right in the center of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about its future a little later. But let's okay. start out with how we got Hart Plaza and who is Hart. Yeah. Well, 
um, it was kind of a natural that they would name it for Philip A. Hart. Uh, Phil Hart was a Michigan senator. Um, he had a distinguished career. He was born in Pennsylvania, Bryn Mawr, and uh, his family. And then he wound up gravitating. He wound up going to getting his BA at Georgetown, and then he did his law degree at U of M, which gave him the Michigan connection. And uh, he wound up marrying a Michigan girl, Janie Briggs, who was the daughter of Walter Briggs, the former owner of the. The right. Tigers, Briggs Stadium. Stadium. Right. right. And um, uh, old timers like us will remember that name at Michigan and Trumbull, the old stadium. So uh, he worked his way up. He, he worked in um, – he practiced law in Detroit and then he wound up becoming a public servant in all sorts of different levels, city of Detroit, state of Michigan – and he finally was recruited to be the lieutenant governor of Michigan with G. Menon Williams. Soapy Williams, our, uh, you know, our illustrious governor. You know, I was kind of surprised to find that he had that position before he became senator. Yeah, oh, that's right. He was lieutenant governor. Well, you know, I guess it's not surprising in the sense that lieutenant governor sometimes just flies really under the radar, right. you know. But in in his case, he he was well liked, you know, and and uh, he was the only Democrat that had a second term as l- l- lieutenant governor, and then he wound up running for Senate and was very successful, beating his opponent by quite him. a bit, yeah. And um, he he had two successful terms. His second term, uh, he ran against Lenore Romney, the wife of former Governor uh, George Romney, and uh, beat her quite handily. Um, and so he probably would have, you know, he 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 might have run for a third. He decided not to, but then. Um, it was announced at the end of his second term that he had been diagnosed with terminal cancer, which was very sad, melanoma. And um, he was so popular, uh, even across the aisle well in the liked. Senate. Yeah. Uh, despite, you know, being a, a, a staunch supporter of liberal causes, but he was liked by both sides. Maybe then you could do that. I don't know if it would happen now. I don't either. <laughs> but in any event um, – he uh, died just before the end of his term would have would have happened, and at the at the time that he passed away, or before he passed away, uh, the Senate voted ninety nine to zero, with one abstention, which was his own vote, uh, to uh, name the new office building for the senators, the Philip A. Hart Senate building. So uh, he – That's where it started. Yeah, that's where it started. So, you know, he he's a Detroit icon. He's was popular with people on both sides of the aisle. He was um, – he was called the conscience of the Senate and uh, this was – this term was, you know, applied to him in many ways. I mean it was a turbulent time. It was, you know, the uh, the, the Vietnam War – which seemed like it was never going to end. He was a staunch anti-war candidate. Um, I actually love some of some of his quotes. Like, for instance, he said, if you come to work in the Senate and the morning paper shows that your colleagues in the House have not been permitted to get to work, 
You know what the speeches will be for two months. It won't be about the evil we're doing in the field in Vietnam. It'll be about law and order in America. And that's crazy. So uh, he, he never really kind of the voice that. of reason. Yeah. And eventually, many in the country came to his point of view. Yeah. You know, I think um, I, you know, they named her Plaza for him. I mean, he was so well like, you know, you and I live in Rochester, Hart Middle School. Hart Middle I, School. That yeah. was named for him. Um, yeah, you know, his legacy and the memory of him lives on. That's right. The Democratic um, State um, conv- uh, Center in in Lansing offices are named for him. Uh, there's a, a really large um, uh, Veterans Affairs building in uh, Battle Creek that's named for him. So, yeah, yeah, his his name will definitely live on. Uh, I hope that, you know, people make the connection of who Hart is and why this, you know, huge expanse of, of Detroit is named for him. Um, and you I, see his name all over. Yeah. Even up in Empire, which is uh, kind of near Traverse City. Yeah, Glen there, Lake. Yeah, yeah there's uh, um, the Sleeping Bear Dunes National mm-hmm. Lakeshore mm-hmm. in Empire. Which is right on, you know, Lake Michigan. Yeah, and don't, didn't they name like the visitor center for him or the right? Yeah, yeah, it's the visitor center, the yeah. Phil A. Hart Visitor Center. Yeah, that's very cool. It is. So, um, you know, let's start with the location of Hart Plaza. It's on the river. It's at the foot of Woodward Avenue. Yeah, and maybe you know to to understand uh, how. What a change this was for Detroit. I think, you know, people maybe who are newer to the area don't realize how neglected our fabulous waterfront location um, was for For centuries. Yeah, Yeah. really. Um, So long. Way back in the 1890s, the then uh, mayor of Detroit, Hazen Pingree, you can see his statue in Grand Circus Park, Proposed making this a, a public area and a great public gathering spot, but it it never flew because it you know the too many people were tied to industrial interests yeah, and I things. Yeah, I think it was all industrial. And at that so point down everything, there. Uh, unlike a lot of um, places in the country, um, almost everything along the riverfront was industrial. You couldn't even get to the river. You hardly even saw the river. It's pretty sad. It was warehouses. It was factories. It was cement factories. I remember right. Medusa cement. You'd see that as yeah. you, if you were down on the river. Um, so, yeah, it really was neglected. And then in the 1920s, um, there were proposals in the works to, to really change this. And, and the great architect, um, Eliel Saranon, um, actually put together a whole plan, but you know, the Depression happened, World War II happened, and it really wasn't until the late 40s that they began to really look at this and see that they needed to do something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, they started out by building some of the iconic buildings like the beautiful Veterans Affairs Building down there near Cobo Hall and uh, the – and then, of course, the Ford Auditorium and um, – the city county building, which is right. you know very it's pretty, right there. and it's right there. Um, but then it, it it still was another 
couple decades before they actually looked at developing a space. Right. But, you know, if we go back even a little further in time, Mm -hmm. you know, I talked about a little bit about all the beautiful public art Mm -hmm. at Hart Plaza. And one of the first things that I noticed there was the beautiful statue of Cadillac. Cadillac, yeah. That's where he first... Stepped on shore. Yeah, 1701. 1701. Yeah, the founding of the city. And, of course, he he, uh, established Fort Pontchartrain as a French fort uh, in the New World. And that became the the center that grew into the city of Detroit. And it was really about the waterfront because in 1701, they didn't have the railroad. No. 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 So if you wanted to ship anything anywhere, it had to be by boat. It had to be by boat. So yeah, it was it, it was an amazingly important um, route of commerce and transportation. Yep. Just you know to get anywhere. So um, yeah, the statue of Cadillac is very beautiful, um, and it was it's a bronze statue. And it was designed by William Kiefer and Ann Feely and given to the city in 2001. And um, for the 300th anniversary right. of the founding of the city. Of the, yeah, of the city. It's very beautiful. <clears throat> so let's talk about some of the other art. Well, the same year in 2001, uh, they erected the. Uh, Gateway to or the Gateway to Freedom International Monument, and that I I find very moving. That it a, is very beautiful. Yes, yeah, that is um, an om- homage to the Underground Railroad, and of course Detroit was a key stop and sometimes an end stop, you know, before going into Canada for uh, escaped slaves. And we've talked about this in in past shows. Um, and so it's a bronze that depicts um, runaway slaves. It's and a family. Also, yeah, a family. It's and a man all, and, and a woman right. and children. And, and also a railroad conductor, in quotes, meaning right. a uh, white abolitionist, um, you know, that's, that's offering assistance. Um, and, and the interesting thing, Linda, and I don't think I've seen it yet, but I'm planning to, is that on the other side of the river in Windsor, exactly across from that spot, there's a um, there's another sculpture, and it's called Tower of Freedom. Right. It's yeah. kind of paired together. They're paired and together. And I haven't seen it either, and this is something we definitely should go Yeah, through. I would like to say that because it, it definitely completes the concept of the artist who – uh, is named Ed Dwight and has an interesting story all himself. Did you happen to tune into that? I did not. Oh, well, Ed Dwight was a, um, he was the first black astronaut or at least accepted into the program. Uh, and he became, a, he was in the Air Force. He became um, uh, an electric or a, uh, aeronautic engineer. And uh, unfortunately, at the time, there was so much racism and discrimination that he wasn't able to advance. Um, But he had the tutelage of John Kennedy when he became president, but he was never able to become – to finally become an astronaut because of the problems I mentioned. So 
uh, he finally wound up leaving the service and um, developed his talents went and got a secondary degree in fine arts and did amazing sculptures. That's great. Uh, mostly dealing with the black experience and, you know, the march toward freedom. And um, he's got a lot around the country, uh, quite a few in Michigan, uh, which I'd like to actually visit because I, I think it's um, – he's an important artist. And he's still alive. Is he really? Yeah. I mean, I think he's probably in his late 80s. You know, something that I uh, that I learned about the Underground Railroad was um, – it kind of came into existence in um, 1850 with the passage of uh, when, well, when the British Parliament abolished slavery across, you know, all of their possessions. All yeah. of their possessions. Yeah. England, Canada. I guess I didn't realize that there was slavery in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, and so when slavery slavery was outlawed in Canada, you know Detroit, right across the river. Right. I mean, how far? How wide is the river at that point? Is it a mile across? Uh, not that far. It's really not no, that far. No, I think maybe I don't know half a mile. Maybe half a yeah. mile. So what an right. important gateway to freedom. Yeah, and of course the, the, uh, in America, unfortunately, we had the Runaway Slave a Act, so that even Well, that in, was the bad thing. Yes, even in um, free, even, supposedly right. free states, an escaped slave was still considered property and could be... Still in huge danger. Yeah, in huge danger, you know, even by local officials who would, would um, either because it was the law or because that's the way they felt, would round them up and send them back. So, yes, it, it was great peril. It was very dangerous. Um, but, you know, right across the river was potential freedom. Absolutely. So, so um, the I, I would say the most noticeable and significant piece of public art in Hart Plaza is the Howard Dodge and Son Memorial Fountain. Yeah, right. Horace Dodge. Right. Yeah. Designed it, by Samo Noguchi. Yes. And uh, built in 1981. Right. So um, Anna Thompson Dodge gave the city of Detroit a million dollars toward the construction of a fountain in memory of her late husband and son. Right. And Anna Thompson Dodge was the widow of Horace Dodge. Mm -hmm. So the Dodge brothers. Right, right. John and Horace. Yeah. And they both died really young. Yeah, yeah. Influenza. Yeah. Horrible. Supposedly lived hard and died young. So, yeah. Yeah, but John Dodge, of course, is associated for you and I living out here in, in the Rochester area with um, Meadowbrook, Meadowbrook Hall. Hall. We hear so much about Matilda uh -huh. Dodge Wilson out yes, in Rochester. Exactly. But, you know, I really hadn't really known too much about Anna Thompson Dodge. Right. Well, she was um, she was the wife of Horace, and they were, uh, unlike Matilda, who moved out to Rochester in, in what was then uh, the countryside, um, she, you know, they had an estate in, in Gross Point and uh, they were, you know, important industrialists. So, yeah, 
Uh, I don't think that the Dodge Mansion is still around. Is that the, is that what was Rose, Rose Terrace? Terrace? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, she died in 1970 at the age of 100. Wow. Yeah, and the bulk of her estate, I mean, she was extremely wealthy, but the bulk of her estate was left to the three grandchildren of her son, Horace Jr., but her daughter's daughters, Christine and Yvonne, cut out of the will. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all families are alike. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they must have done something bad to mom. They must yeah. have. Yeah. I um, think they borrowed tons of money and never paid it back. Uh, and I okay. guess, you know, they were just right. bad news. But you're right. That is the, the, the kind of the centerpiece of the plaza, the first thing that you see. It's a very kind of interesting space age looking. It is. Uh, it's in, in kind of a... Um, it's been uh, highly criticized. It, it's been it criticized. I mean, in, in one sense, it's really beautiful. When you see it actually working, it's gorgeous. I have never seen it working. Well, have that's you? the problem. It never works. It, it never works. I remember when it was first built, and we'd go down there, and you could actually, like, run around under it, and it was it was really pretty because um, it's, it's like this giant donut supported by... That's what people call it. Yeah, supported by these The huge two, donut. These two kind of angular stainless steel... Um, kind of legs. Yeah, legs. And it looks like it's about to take off. And then the water kind of erupts in, in, in a misty spray below it and uh, drops into this um, pool. Um, but it also splashes all around it. And... Um, so, and it, it's all backlit and everything, and there would be changing colors, and it was all uh, computer programmed with uh, different sorts of patterns. Well, in concept, that's great. Unfortunately, it's expensive to run. I think it is pretty easy to break down. Right. And I think around 2010, there was a huge vandalism problem right. there uh, in the whole plaza, but especially on the fountain there, where they completely kind of... Vandals completely trashed it. So um, it it almost never runs now. Yeah, I've never seen it running. Yeah. Not in person. No. So Noguchi also designed a pylon. Yeah, that's the thing that um, it's like a, a, a big, tall, skinny spire, and it's right at the entrance right. as you as you come in. A little left of Dead Center Woodward um, on the south side, um, and it um, it's like a kind of a, a twisted um, spire. So, and I think that they said that what he had in mind was a DNA strand, right? Yeah, double helix. Yes, the double helix yeah. of DNA, right? And I guess the name of the sculpture refers to Egyptian gateway structures. Right, right. That resembled a truncated pyramid. Right. Um, it's a little bit, you know, of a mystery when you first walk in. Yeah. Because there is no plaque. I looked for one. I didn't find one at no, all. No, you have to kind around of it. just know the history. It's, right. Um, uh, it's very minimalist, you know. I, I don't dislike it. Um, sometimes you kind of walk by it and don't really – aren't even aware of it because it's very skinny. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that that was the idea. Uh, more noticeable to its right is the big um, circular sculpture called Transcending. That is my favorite 
piece of Detroit that is, public that is, art. That is nice. It, it really is, is nice. absolutely gorgeous. And right. if you're on Hart Plaza and you kind of look through it and you see the skyscrapers on the other side of it, mm-hmm. it is gorgeous. It's a giant hoop, a metallic hoop made out of bronze and sort of like a, a giant circle or hula hoop standing on its side, except very interestingly, it's got a gap up at the front, uh, up at the top. Uh, and it's, it's, was erected by, um, the labor movement. Right. Uh, paid for by the UAW and other unions to, um, honor, uh, all the work done in the labor mo- movement. And if you look, uh, down below, there's, um, quotes, and little bits of information about great labor leaders. It's throughout very history. interesting. Yeah. It's a little museum in itself. It is. It is. And it's got the gap up in the top, supposedly, because they wanted to make the point that the work of labor still isn't, isn't done. You know, there's, there's more to do, uh, in the movement. And of course, now more so than ever since the labor movement's under attack. But yeah, I think that's the symbolism there. And I'm told, but I've never really seen this, that there's some sort of light thing that you can see at night that kind oh. of jumps from one side of oh, it really? to the other, like a beam of light. Oh, my gosh. I'm definitely going to have to check idea. that out and see whether or not that's an urban legend or, or a fact. I just think it's so strikingly beautiful and very modern looking. It is. It's kind of got a really pretty color to mm-hmm. it and a little bit glittery. And, right. and like I said, when you're standing on Hart Plaza and looking across Jefferson – and you see the arch um, with the buildings in back of it. It's yeah, you can so actually pretty. look through it and, and see the you plaza really and the river. So it's it's an interesting concept. Yeah, I guess David Barr of Novi, Michigan, uh, was the designer of it. And, you know, that name sounded so familiar to me. And um, I have been to Crystal Mountain a lot mm-hmm. up north, and there is – a Michigan Legacy Art Park at Crystal Mountain, which is a ski resort in mm-hmm. northern Michigan, right. that David Barr started. Really? I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. And I have been through that art park many times, and there are quite a few of his sculptures in the art park. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing was his idea. And it's a really beautiful idea. You know, it's a ski lodge, so it's kind of like the backside of the mountain that's mostly wooded with a few trails. Well, now it is an art park, and it is really something to see. And this was his vision to put this art park together. Interesting. Very interesting. I will definitely make that a stop next time I head north. And he has done um, – a lot of large outdoor pieces of sculpture, okay. including the Four Corners Project with installations in Africa. Really? Oh. And on Easter Island. Now, that's really interesting because Easter Island already has their giant sculptures. I know. They <laughs> certainly do. Oh. Yeah. So, but I love, I love that. That's so pretty. And then, you know, beyond just right at Hart Plaza, you've got more public art. You've got the spirit mm-hmm. of Detroit. The spirit of Detroit, Marshall Fredericks, who was, is, you know, a genius. one of, a, just a genius. We see his art so many places. 
Um, interestingly enough, his museum is up in Saginaw. Um, he he left it to I think Saginaw State College oh. or something, and and uh, I've been meaning to go there for a long time. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, we should talk a little bit about uh, the Ford Auditorium, which is no longer exists, but anchored the uh, east side of Hart Plaza. Uh, was built in the 1950s. I mean, it predates the plaza itself. But he had uh, three major sculptures there. And when Ford Auditorium was finally demolished, um, two of them were moved up. One was put in storage by the Ford family, and hopefully it will fight sometime emerge. It's in um, a barn somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a, a big relief scu- uh, sculptural mural. So oh. it would be very interesting to see. Um, it, but then two other pieces uh, dealing with the arts are up in at the his museum in in Saginaw. So uh, definitely, I've a never trip seen there. a piece of his work that I didn't think was just absolutely gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I mean, we see it out at Oakland, Oakland University, University, the Saints and Sinners Fountain the, in front of the library, uh, Kresge Library. Yeah, his uh, stuff is so interesting. You know, Cranbrook. Cranbrook. It's. It's realistic and yet it's also artistic and um, just beautiful. Yeah, just beautiful. Uh, so unusually beautiful. Unusually beautiful. Even people that remember uh, Nor- uh, Northland Center probably remember the big stone bear with the little boy right. <laughs> sitting on it. I know. And the city of uh, Southfield didn't want to lose that. So even though even though Northland's gone, they still have that. That's a Marshall Frederick. <laughs> you know his his work never looks dated. No, no. It always just has kind of a classical look to it. It does. Yeah. Very beautiful. Uh, one more piece of public art at Hart Plaza, the monument to Joe Lewis. Of course. The, the fist. fist. <laughs> the fist. The fist. And that's not been without its uh, controversy, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, particularly because of the uh, the r- racial strife in Detroit in you know, the 60s and is this seen as some sort of black power uh, symbol? Um, and the answer to that is probably yes, but that is not necessarily a bad thing, you no. know? I mean, it, it, it's I think it's a commentary on Joe Lewis as not only a, a fabulous athlete, but also uh, as just a symbol for... Um, yeah, aim towards racial injustice. Yes, that's right. And I mean, that's what the fist is fighting against. That's exactly you know? right. Uh, there was a, a you know a, a, an atrocious incident where it was painted white, and somebody left some sort of white power. Thing Will we on ever it. get past this? Will issue? we ever get past this issue? You know, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a conversation piece, and whether you love it or hate it, I mean, it's it's iconic and it's interesting. You know, anytime I ever see any national news with pictures about Detroit. That fist always <laughs> seems always to the be fist. in the picture. Yeah. yeah, they never show the spirit of Detroit, no, right? I never it's see transcending. <laughs> no, no, transcending, no, no. Nothing, forget it. So, Can um, I mention something about yeah. uh, Ford Auditorium? Because yeah. um, this is sad. Th- this is, I remember going there. It is sad. Uh, it was, you know, they, they wanted Is a, the building still there? No, no, it's, it's completely, completely gone. gone. Uh, and it was it was a joint decision. There was a there were there was a big problem with the building. 
for a concert hall, and that is it had lousy acoustics. Oh. You know, and so – I remember um, seeing Diana Ross there. Yeah. I well, think back in the 70s. <laughs> it was the home of the Detroit Symphony. Yeah. The DSO was there, and they had some very productive years there. Uh, in fact, the DSO really was kind of put on the map because of um, some great conductors that conducted there, especially um, uh, Sixten Erling, the Swedish conductor, who was uh, the resident conductor of the DSO throughout the 60s and right up to the end of the 70s. He had a very flamboyant, interesting conducting style. He was brilliant. Uh, I don't know that he was always liked, but, I mean, he, he was always entertaining, and he, he could conduct anything, you know, any kind of genre, any kind of musical style. Um, and... In fact, he, it was under Sixten Erling that Meadowbrook was founded as the home of the DSO back oh. in the 60s. Yeah. Meadowbrook Music Festival. Meadowbrook Music Festival. And uh, that was when the the symphony actually was out there like twice a week, three times a week uh, in the summer, sort of like a tanglewood for Massachusetts. Um, but in any event, my story about the uh, <laughs> the, the Ford Auditorium – uh, is that even though the acoustics weren't great, I mean, some of the music was tremendous because it was a world-class orchestra. Sixton Erling, um, through a uh, recording contract with Mercury Records, they put out – in fact, the Detroit Symphony has more classical albums on the market than I think almost any other major symphony. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, – and, and it had a state-of-the-art recording um, mechanism down at the at the auditorium. So even though sitting in the audience maybe wasn't the ultimate listening experience, the recording end of it was great. And so they performed a lot of major stuff there uh, that that was on the market. But um, in the six in let's see what year was it? I want to say nineteen seventy. One maybe. Um, the great conductor Igor Stravinsky died, oh. and um, I think he was living maybe in New York then. But you know, he had done you know fabulous experimental twentieth century music, and uh, Sixten Erling actually had known him, and um, a friend of mine named Sharon Johnson and I had tickets to go to the symphony, and it was it was some sort of just. I don't know, you know, standard uh, classical classical repertoire. Well, he he had just died, and because of this, th they all felt so strongly, Sixten Erling and the whole orchestra, that they did an impromptu concert, and they performed Stravinsky's Great Rite of Spring. Oh, yeah. People probably recognize that from the first Fantasia, you know, with all the kettle drums oh, and, uh, yeah. you know, the pounding rhythms. And That's where we first learned about classical music. That's right. It's pretty. That and Bugs Bunny. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, so that that was a very, that's a, always an exciting thing to listen to. But it was super exciting as a tribute on the very day that Stravinsky died by these impassioned musicians and conductor. I mean, 
the the audience was blown away. We were like shell shocked, you know. It was just so powerful. So that was that was my it's big, a nice memory. Yeah, that was my big Ford Auditorium moment. Um, eventually, the symphony decided they needed something that was acoustically better, and they moved into the classical um, orchestra orchestra hall. hall, which we've talked about. Uh, and just a little, we yeah. need to do a podcast. Yeah. On yeah. Hall. But it was, it, it was, it has perfect acoustics. Yeah. And it, it, and it was one of the C. Howard Crane masterpieces right. that we've talked about, you know, yes. uh, and acoustically perfect, you know? Yes. So that, that was the right thing to do. Even the Ford family agreed and there was no other real use for Ford Auditorium then. So it was torn down. It was pretty to look at. It was a really pretty building. It was very pretty. Yeah. It was very nice. The problem with Ford Auditorium and with a lot of the things that have been built along the river is that they don't they don't have any connection to the river. You know, here was this you – know, I don't remember even knowing it was on the river, kind of, yeah. because – Well, there were no windows. Yeah. yeah and, you know, you it, know it's something right. that could have been, in, uh, you know, built in a parking lot in Warren right. and, you know – It could have been anywhere. It, it could have been anywhere. And instead, it took up this wonderful real estate on the river. The same could be said about the, the Rensen, the Renaissance Center, when that was built. Fortunately, they've realized and corrected some of that when, by opening that it up at the winter back. garden in. That made yeah. all the difference it and connected difference. it to the river walk. But it's and, also true of uh, the Joe Louis Arena and a lot of the things they put down there. I think I mean, now, it's kind of like, why did they bother yeah. using up that river right. you know, frontage, kind of? Yeah. You know, I just think... You know, when when the city created Hart Plaza in the mid-70s, I think that they had kind of a different idea. First of all, you know, it's all cement, you know. Mm-hmm. There's really no trees, no no grass, no plantings, no flowers. I mean, if you compare right. it to Campus Martius. Well, that's the perfect it comparison. It is a cement, <clears throat> yeah. you know. Right. Wasteland. Right. Basically. I mean, it's hard not to compare it to Campus Martius, which is what? Five blocks away. Five blocks away, but it's like night and day as far as just the personality of, and of that space. Of absolutely. The space. I mean, Campus Martius, there is so much activity going on mm-hmm. there. It seems like there's always something new. Right. I mean, they've got the beach. They have a beach there in the summer, and they have an ice skating rink in the winter. In the winter, yes. And they have... Basketball hoops, games to play, tiki hut. You know, and I think one of the differences, it's surrounded by coffee shops, restaurants. Uh, There's so much life going on there. And I think that, from what I found out, when the city created Hart Plaza from a design by Smith, Hinchman, and Grillis... Yeah. um, they kind of used big open space models, uh, kind of a European style. Right, like the piazzas in in, in San Italy. Marco and Venice, San Marco and, and, and uh, Del Campo and Siena. And I've been yeah. to those piazzas. I'm yeah, sure you too. have too. Me too. And you know they are huge, big areas that are just cement, but they are surrounded by. Businesses and coffee shops and restaurants. Buildings. And I mean, they're part of the whole cafes city life. Yeah. And yes, and, you know, they've got the beautiful sculptures and, you know, mm-hmm. the cathedrals and everything right there. And that's, you know, there are no cafes or restaurants no. surrounding no. our plaza. I mean, there's really nothing. 
Right. And the other big problem is my least favorite street in Detroit. Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Jefferson is a horrible road. It's not even a street. It's basically just kind of an expressway extension. It's an ex- yeah, it's an entrance to the expressway and and it it didn't have to be that way, but that's the way And it's really hard it to cross. Yeah. You want to cross Jefferson on foot, it's going to take you yeah. a while. It's like 14 lanes. I've almost been killed a couple times trying to cross It's Jefferson. a dangerous road to cross. Yeah, yeah. You can't make it in one light. So, you know, you can make it halfway, oh, yeah. which is a oh, little Oh, it's going to take you forever. Yeah. And it's just, you know, when I was there last Wednesday to the deserted Hart Plaza, you know, the cross area on Woodward there, just, it, you know, I mean, they've got that beautiful area. That they've turned into kind of food trucks, mm-hmm. uh, right at, and they've closed that off to traffic, right at, yeah. you know, on the northern side of Jefferson at Woodward. Yeah, that's in really front of, nice. in front of the the city county building and the Spirit of Detroit, and they're calling it the Esplanade. Right, and it's an area where you can walk down from Campus Martius. But they did a really smart thing. They designed firm that that worked on that. They've got and – and the same thing's true in Campus Martius. They've created a multifaceted use thing where they have later furniture that you can actually move the chairs around. You yeah. can – you know, it doesn't have to be like one thing all the time. Uh, and it's very pedestrian-friendly. It's very pedestrian-friendly. Right. Um, I was in that area um, last winter. It's beautiful. The the way – the landscaping that they put in between the Esplanade and Campus Marshes mm-hmm. is just beautiful with topiaries and mm-hmm. lights and very, very pretty. They've got – you know, that's the queue line, our transportation, mm-hmm. our light rail transportation mm-hmm. goes along there. They've got – Beautiful seating. They've got swings. They've got swings. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah. And those little buildings um, that they had on that extension to Campus Martius over to the uh, east side, you know, with the little glass buildings. Right. That was beautiful. Yeah. yeah that was no. so nice. Very smart design and uh, really e- easy to um, kind of change for whatever use you need. I think that this will ultimately be the way that they they go in in Hart Plaza. But I think that nothing can happen until they incorporate a complete redo for Jefferson Avenue. They you need know? to do something. And I would really like to see maybe an overhead walkway. Right. Right. There there at the very least, even if they did nothing else, there needs to either be subterranean or overway yeah. walkway. A safe yeah. way to get across that awful road, Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I think the city's talking about what to do with Hart Plaza. I mean, it's underused, underutilized. It needs help. I mean, I know um, the Detroit Zoo is considering building a big aquarium mm-hmm. uh, on the site of the old Ford Auditorium. Uh, there's a parking garage there now. Um, it's, you know, that's kind of a big project. No, I think maybe some things will improve as there's, you know, um, you've done a lot in talking about the um, – the Riverwalk and the Nature Conservancy and everything. Um, 
And that river walk is as, one of the most yeah. amazing things about the city right. of Detroit. And because that, you know, winds up going right through Hart Plaza, oh, yeah. that is going to increase traffic. The problem is there's no reason to stay in Hart Plaza now instead of just walking through because it's just not hospitable. It you know? really isn't. So, it's a strange little place. Well, it 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 works for big public events. Yes. And, you know, that's kind of how it was designed. That's how they, they saw this as this huge meeting spot for giant festivals. But right. you can't have giant festivals all the time. So, yeah, you have to work at, at you know, programming. I've, I've heard that the city of Detroit charges way too much so that except for very well-funded um, you know, uh, organizations, they really can't afford to have things down there. Uh, but, you know, we've got, we've got the two big bookends, which is the, uh, Memorial Day movement, which is the, the techno music festival right. it, with Detroit being the home of yes. that. Uh, and that's very exciting. That, that kicks it off. Uh, and then of course the, the, the final thing is the, uh, the Detroit Jazz, which, Festival, which was originally the huge. Montreux Detroit right. uh, festival, and that's still a huge draw. And yeah, I think it it was kind of designed with those things in mind, with all these little venues within it for various groups and people milling around. But that's just not practical for a day by day thing, and it's a weekend thing. It is, a and weekend so thing. you know anything that winds up just being a once a week event and otherwise is like a ghost town just doesn't work. It's a total ghost town. I mean, walking around it last week, I kind of felt like I was back in the 80s again or something, you know? back <laughs> Like you want to put your bell bottoms on kind or something, of, you know? <laughs> you know, and it just, you know, it was, you know, it took me back to, I mean, I find Detroit's comeback so exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, I didn't find any excitement about Hart Plaza at all. And it was just kind of sad. Yeah. No, I agree. Phil Hart deserves better. So He deserves way better. Right. And so a lot of the great ideas there, they had their time, but that's just not how um, urban revival works now. Uh, the important thing, you know, we may be the motor city, but if all we can think about is where to park your car and where to drive your car, then we're lost, you know? Because we are, and I do think that attitude is really changing now it, that we have light it, rail. It really is changing, and I think you're going to have a lot more people that are going to say, um, well, maybe the most important thing isn't how to get on, you know, the freeway. Maybe the important thing is how do you to, to get in, to and enjoy the river. Absolutely. You know? and, and that is a problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. People don't know how to get to the river walk. I mean – You've got one big entrance at Hart Plaza, which you have to basically, I mean, there's no parking there, really. You have to walk, you're going to have to park somewhere on the other side of Jefferson, walk across Jefferson, get to, you know, the river walk through Hart Plaza, Mm -hmm. which is on weekends, I have been there and it's been closed off because of events that are going on. Mm -hmm. So basically your other access point to the river walk is Rivard Plaza. Uh, which is down a ways, too. Which is down yeah. quite a ways. Yeah, yeah. And no, it, they do have true. free parking there, which is great. But, you know, that is, I think, one of the problems of the Riverwalk, the access points. Yeah, right. And, you know, Hart Plaza is a huge access point that 
I don't know. It it was it was frustrating to be there and to see it, and it, it's just it's not working. <laughs> well, but you know what? It like I said at the beginning, it's exciting that we're at the point now where it's very clear that there's going to have to be big changes. So. We're kind of eyewitness to how that's all going to happen. I can't wait you know? to see what and they're going to do. It, right it's that. a big deal. It's not a matter of just planting some grass on top of it in place of the stones, because no. underneath there's this whole subterranean thing of uh, you know uh, uh, kitchens and and Rest different rooms restrooms and... and you know this catacomb. So it's not just changing the way it looks; it's changing its complete function. You know, the way it actually functions. So, yeah, I, I'm exciting, excited to see what happens. But I don't think we can ever reach our real potential downtown without addressing that in a major way. Yeah, and the problem of Jefferson. And the problem of Jefferson, yeah. You know, I mean, the Q line, which is our wonderful light rail system, mm -hmm. doesn't take you to Hart Plaza. No. It no. takes you to Jefferson. It, you're still yeah. going to have to walk across Jefferson yeah. to yeah. get there. It's like you're taken to the edge of a cliff. Right. <laughs> it is. And I've been taking the uh, smart, fast bus mm -hmm. downtown quite a bit recently. That also does not take you to Hart Plaza. Right. It takes you to Jefferson on the other side of Hart Plaza. You've still got this huge problem of crossing Jefferson. Right. And even if they, when they change the architecture, like making the Rensen less fortress-like, making Cobo Hall less fortress-like, you st it's still a fortress because it's got this giant moat around it, Jefferson Avenue. So yeah, um, you know, and it, it I needs think to be rethought. It really does. It, it needs something. So um, I think we've we've covered Hart Plaza pretty well. Anything else, Ed? Or? No, I mean, I, I think it's, it's exciting going down there. There's nothing nicer than when there's actually a lot of people around, like on a weekend, on a nice day in the summer. It's great, you know? Yeah. Uh, it may not be utilizing the the whole festival area, but, you know, certainly its location on the river is terrific. So, yeah, if we could incorporate that. In a better way, in a more visually appealing and workable way, people-friendly way, I think it's you know it's it's amazing that it we has know, an enormous amount yeah, of potential. We no longer it, it it's no longer a cement factory sitting there, right? So there's at least a space to work with. And I that's don't know important. if an aquarium. I don't know. Yeah. What about? The London Eye, you know, a big Ferris wheel or something. or That would be exciting. That would be yeah. very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, well, we'll have to wait and see what happens down at Harbor. We Plaza. will. We'll be tuning in again. Well, thank you for joining us on our journey into Detroit's past, present, and future. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Tim Brohard for our great music. Katie Cunningham for our beautiful logo. And I'd like to urge everyone to check out Aladdin, which will be at the Detroit Opera House in December. <laughs>